Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey guys, today we're excited to have the Witty and Gritty podcast with us. Brooke and Farron are the hosts of the Christian-based personal growth podcast, where they help others live their best lives. Welcome, Brooke and Farron. Hello. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So before we get started, we'd love to just, if both of you could share a little bit about yourselves and your story, and then really I'm always curious like how you ended up doing a podcast together. Okay, so I'm Brooke. I'm the more monotone of the two of us. Baron always tells me, smile when you talk. So if you are confused on voices, I'm the more monotone one. Sorry in advance. I'm working on it. So, <laughs> I'm an educator. I teach high school level. And Farron, what do you do? Yeah, guys, my name's Farron. I try to speak with a lot of enthusiasm. To compensate for my monotone. Oh, we just complete each other. And so I'm also in education, and I'm a mom to three little girls. And I guess I should have said that. Yeah. I have the tiny humans, too. I yes. have three kids. We are both married to dudes that don't really listen to our podcast, and that's <laughs> totally fine with us. They support from afar. It's great. But to answer your question, guys, we felt just that calling of there's there's something missing that we're supposed to be doing. So it took a lot of reflection and prayer and talking to each other. And it was November of 2018 where we had a Starbucks coffee date and we were just like, what if we started a podcast? And then we were like, that's it. Okay. That's what it is. It was an immediate this is the thing that you need to do. So lots of research and starting it. We're naturally drawn to education and helping others like with a servant's heart. And so it was like, how could we expand our reach beyond what we do for our nine to five and podcast platforms um, seemed like the perfect opportunity to reach and help others. Yeah, that is so cool, you guys, because For me, I know I told you guys off air, but for me, like I used to be an educator. So like, I know what it takes to do what y'all do. And I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but y'all are the heroes. I mean, you're the people that are kind of molding everyone in this educational field and people don't really understand how difficult that is. And so I can really relate to the part of where you're saying you're educators. So naturally you want to move into a podcast. And for us, it had a similar background because I it just didn't work out. The teaching thing just didn't work out for me. But then like, I realized that like, I really do enjoy, you know, educating people, working with people, helping people through processes. It just might not be in the day to day nine to five of teaching. And I've really learned that about myself over the years, but it took me a little bit of time. So just kudos to y'all. Yeah. We appreciate that. All right, guys. So I know we're going to jump into some fighting in a little bit here, but I wanted to start off with just asking you about how you guys are just able to communicate effectively, not only with each other, because I know you have to do that in order to work together, but your spouses, your kids, and just any other important relationships in your lives. So Farron taught me this a while back. 
whenever there's a conflict, you have to approach as the same team. Like if working with Farron, there's a whole different set of rules now that it's a business. So just coming from, we're on the same team, we have the same goals. So how can we approach that and tackle that together? Yeah. So instead of saying like, this is Brooke's issue, how am I going to help Brooke figure out her issue? Instead, it's like, okay, this is a problem that's coming between us. How can we as a team front solve um, this issue or help support her through what she's going through? And so we use that in both our friendship and now our business partnership with our husbands. And so just having a team approach and going in it together instead of trying to pinpoint it on his problem, her problem, they need it. They have the responsibility of fixing it or it's my responsibility to fix it. Um, just staying as a united front. We both were, we were college teammates. And so I think it helped a whole lot coming from, she was a forward, I was a defender. We had to figure it out together. We were two totally different positions, but we had the same common goal. And at the end of the day, we still had to be teammates and we still had to be with each other all of the time, live together, work together, eat together. So if that dynamic isn't going right, it's going to be really hard to have positive outcomes that come out of that relationship. And and do you all find that with your relationship together, some of the things where you said like, well, you go back to, well, we're, we're a team, we're trying to handle what's going on together. Are you able to kind of position that in every other relationship of your life? Like, you know, with your spouses, with your kids, like is, are you able to use those same concepts or do you have to kind of look at each relationship individually and then decide kind of what the rules are from there? So yes and no. So yes, as the team front, like we are going to be united. We want this to be positive. We want to fight through this together. So that whole background of we want it, we want to stay together, stick together and work together. So that's the whole background of it. But because everybody's different, there's a little tweaking that needs to happen with each relationship. Yeah, we um, are all about the Enneagram. So we found that as a very useful tool in our approach to working with, again, like you mentioned, not only our relationship, but um, husband, wife, or being leaders in the workplace. So we adapt our approach, specific approach to the people that it involves. But again, like Brooke said, it's always this foundation of being a united front and fighting for the same things. A quick example of the Enneagram. So let's say Farron and I had a disagreement. Farron's a nine on the Enneagram. So she is not as confrontational. I'm a one. So I'm a confrontational. Let's solve it right now. And I'm pretty, pretty blunt. (laughs) I think just blunt. I'm just super (laughs) blunt. So I always... If there's if I have an issue with Farron, I have to change the way that I would want her to tell me and I would need to tell her in a way that's not going to feel like I'm cutting her to her core. Instead, I need to use more of a heart approach as opposed to like, this is what I think is the best answer. Let's do it. So and same thing with her. Yeah. So then with Brooke, I've learned that I need to instead of making it very generic and lighthearted with lots of options and scenarios, just say, this is what I think needs to happen. Let's talk about it. (laughs) So being more straightforward and blunt. It's funny you guys bring up the Enneagram because Brandon and I were just talking about that several days ago. Like, hey, we've never done that. We should probably go ahead and do that. We don't even, I mean, I have 
I have a good guess of what I am, but we've never actually done the test and we were just thinking we should probably do that and hop on that train. We are super nerds about it. So anytime you want to nerd out about the Enneagram, we would love to do that. And just a side piece of advice, we recommend doing like an Enneagram book study because, for example, a lot of people on the Enneagram test will get like a two and two as a helper. But the Enneagram is all about your motives behind your actions. So a two, like if I'm a nine, which is the peacemaker, I might test and turn out to be the helper, but behind that, it's because I want to keep the peace. Whereas like a three is an achiever. So they might be a test as a helper, but it's because they want to do what they can to help to elevate and get to where they want to get to. Um, So again, you can do those fun quiz and tests, but if you're really into it, we recommend the book, The The Road Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. (laughs) Yes. So that's just our little side piece of advice there. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. We will definitely look into all that because we know that like everyone's super into it and we just never have. We're like, we need to do this now. Yeah. It's been a game changer for all of, all of my relationships. Yes. It takes a lot into consideration. So we appreciate it. All right. Let's hop in. You guys said that you have five rules for fair fighting. How did you know that you need to develop the rules and what are those rules? So we... When Morgan and I got married in our premarital counseling, we decided we needed the rule of no breakup language. So breakup language could be anything from using the word divorce or I need a break or let's separate. We decided from the very beginning to remove all of that vocabulary to where it wouldn't even get a foothold in our minds. So that was if if you leave with it, nothing else today here, do not use any breakup language. And this is not to say that you never need to have that conversation, whether you're dating, engaged, married, but if you are having a fight about the right way to load the dishwasher, (laughs) that's not the fight to throw out like, well, maybe we should get divorced as, you know, part of your argument. You may need to have that conversation in and of itself, but in the heat of a fight over something trivial or important, you try not to use that language, but we aren't trying to say that that's never a topic of conversation. So as Morgan and I are getting into our first year of marriage, we're realizing that just no breakup language isn't working. So for uh, me and Morgan personally, it was having, it showed up, the symptom was the same fight over and over and over, and it never got solved. And it was something just dumb, but it just kept manifesting itself and it never got solved. And it was just on repeat. We were both frustrated and that's when we realized we needed something else. Yeah. Sometimes um, what we've learned is having these rules helps you get to the core issue faster and that you end up having more productive arguments. So like Brooke's example, if you find that you're having the same argument over and over, it might not be about what you're arguing about, but something deeper. Um, Or a certain argument can get derailed when, you know, maybe you're bringing up past events that you said you weren't going to bring up again or um, talking loudly. You know, now you're fighting because, well, now you're yelling. Well, you made me yell. And so um, just again, having rules could help with the cycle and help with, um, you know, getting to the root of the issue. My example is that um, 
again, being the nine, the peacemaker, I'm just about like avoiding conflict and then it builds up and then I just like explode one day. (laughs) So by having rules of like engagement and fighting, um, it made me feel more comfortable in having those tough discussions. Um, And I knew that, you know, certain things that were hurtful and I might be trying to avoid wouldn't be brought up in these disagreements um, and encouraged me to, you know, not let it build up inside. Right. So symptoms of needing fair fighting rules can look like you're using breakup language. You're having the same fight over and over. If someone asks you what's wrong, you say nothing's wrong. So nothing's wrong (laughs) means nothing is getting solved or you feel like you're constantly nagging that there's, those are symptoms of something underneath. So we got tired of being tired and we wanted better and we wanted something that we could do right now. We didn't want to waste time. We wanted to get it going. So we thought to ourselves, okay, we could either do how much a counseling session costs, probably about 200 bucks. So do we want to do counseling sessions, which nothing's wrong with that. We just, at that time, we're not, we can't drop $200 a week to do counseling sessions and we didn't want to stay stuck. So we couldn't stay stuck. We couldn't afford to go to couples counseling. So we had to figure out what's going to work for us. And then we need to go from there. Yeah. And it sounds like when you, when you got to the place and I don't know, you guys could speak to this, but when you got to the place of realizing you needed the rules, did you both come to that place at the same time? Or did one of you have to kind of bring up that conversation that you were ready to do that. And what I'm ultimately trying to get to is if, if the, our, a lot of our listeners are coming from a place like maybe they listen to this type of thing and they listen to shows like this to try to get help with their relationship, but their partner may not be there to be right along with them and support them in it. So how would you, how would you go at it from there? If you're in a place where maybe your partner wasn't ready to do that right away. I think sometimes it takes um, like almost getting rock bottom to like, let's try something different. Um, So sometimes it's one person initiating that conversation. And the biggest takeaway with presenting these fair fighting rules is going to be to do it at a time of peace. So in the middle of an argument is not a time to bring up like, I think we need to set some ground rules. But, you know, after you've like calmed down from the meeting or fight and then it's been resolved and there's peace again, having just an open, honest conversation about, man, I just noticed when we fight, we know each other's weak points and we, and, and, you know, not blaming the other person, we language, team language. It, I, you know, I know I probably hurt you. There's been times you've hurt me. How can we fix this together? And then suggesting the rules again at a time of peace in advance, not in the heat of the moment. And there's also, let's say your, your partner is stubborn. They think the rules are silly. They don't apply to them. You can still take these rules and you can choose to implement them. And then over the course of time, they're going to realize, wow, how are these? Or, wow, okay, now I can see their side. Why is my side not being seen? You know, so that way, over the course of time, even if your spouse, your partner, your whoever, whatever relationship, if it's if they're still resistant, you can still rise above and make sure that you are doing these rules. Gotcha. And do you guys have 
a universal set of rules, meaning you have a certain number of rules that are a certain thing that you that everyone in your life abides by, or is it that Brooke and Farron together have their rules and then um you know, each of you with your spouses have your rules or how does that all work out? Are there just, are there a certain set rules or is it kind of changes as you go into different relationships? So here's the great part. So with our fair fighting formula is what we call it. There are three foundational rules and then two rules that are customized to the person in the relationship. So there's that. So, and we can get into that a little bit later if you would like to. Yes, let's. Okay, so before you even touch the, the foundation of the fair fighting rules, we want to talk about the ground rules first. So there's three ground rules. It's easy to remember. It's before, during, and after. So these are things that you need to establish with whatever, whoever in the relationship is. So the before rule is making the rules before the fight or the intense fellowship. Yes. And make sure it's not emotional. So before make sure you have the rules before the fight or let's say you were just fighting again once everybody's calmed down start kind of coming up with with the ground rules of hey let's make sure we get this established before our next fight then there's the daring rule so daring is you can grant permission to call each other out of breaking the rules so if my husband and I are fighting and then he breaks one of the rules I can say hey that's one of our rules you're not, you, you're stepping on lines right now. So we need to not do that. All right. It's holding each other accountable in the argument for what you had agreed during that time of peace. And so, you know, you're not going to get it right the first few fights, um, but it's a practice. And so again, hopefully you're able to hold each other accountable during the fight that like, remember before we agreed, um, that we weren't going to go that route. That way, again, you're getting to the core issue and not being derailed by fight tactics, if you will. Um, And then afterwards, you would troubleshoot and tweak as needed. So maybe later you're like, well, when you said this rule, I thought it meant this. I didn't realize it included whatever you'd said in the argument. Um, And so then again, a lot of it is communication and reflection. And just in all the growth that we talk about in our podcast, if you're not making a lot of growth or progress in life, then it might be that you're not spending enough enough time reflecting on, did that work? Where can I improve? And one of mine and Morgan's most recent heated fellowships is what we're going to call that. (laughs) Intense fellowship. He was in the middle of saying some, it was something that I'm like, I am not very good at keeping the house like super spotless and that's just his thing. So you go for it. But he was upset about that. And then in the middle of it, he was like, you're intelligent. You're beautiful. I love you. Can you please just put the dishes up? And so after our argument, immediately after I was like, good job on saying that. So we're at the point now, like immediately after the argument is over, we are troubleshooting and then moving on. It's been able to eliminate me. I'm a one. So my deadly sin is resentfulness. So it's really helped me not hold on in anger. And it's been, it's helped me let it go. Like, Hey, good job on the compliments. I'll go do that because you did a great job. So, and that's an important piece of reflection too, is not just pointing out what went wrong, but highlighting what went right. 
Um, just even in the workplace, if your boss is like, man, you killed it on this, this, and this, you are much more likely to then repeat those behaviors. So um, we call it uh, in, what is that uh, parenting thing? Um, love and logic. Love and logic. You got to make more deposits than withdrawals. So, you know, after an argument, debriefing, talk, you know, if you're going to say three things that went well, before we say, you know, one thing that went wrong. So you can do the old compliment sandwich. Good yes. thing, worth it, good thing. <laughs> However you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I think that's the, the biggest challenge just to go back because like you said, establishing the rules is is great. And I can definitely see the the platform for doing that. The hardest part is going to be in that moment where like, you know, you're going to say the wrong thing. And we've all been there, like where, you know, you're going to say the wrong thing. But then, like you said, establishing those rules beforehand is being proactive to the fact that that needs to happen in order for it to like go much more smoother later. Not that you're not going to have conflict, but that you can call each other on it and say, Hey, we established these rules and you agreed to abide by them. We came up with them together, like as a, as a group, wh- whoever that is, whether it's, you know, and a, you, a, you and an employee, you and your spouse. But like, I, lo- I love that because I think the challenge is when you're in that fight, that's, that's the hardest part because you can talk a big talk, but until you're getting backed up into a wall and you're getting, the voices are getting louder and you're in that argument, it just gets so challenging to do that which is why I love the idea too of you guys going back and, and debriefing after the fact once things have calmed down because then, you know, cooler heads prevail. Right. And Brandon, like you were saying earlier, you taught fourth grade. So you know all about practice academies. The first time you ask the kids to line up, it's not going to happen at all like how you imagined it. So you're going to have to practice and troubleshoot and revisit and practice some more and say great job when they do a great job and tweak as needed. So this happens all the time. We're just calling it out. And our formula is not like a guarantee to you'll never fight again. Kind of like you touched on fights are going to happen and disagreements are going to occur, but you know, how can you make the most of those and productive? Because ultimately we want to have great relationships with our spouse Um, I realized recently uh, that these work well even for parents and adult children or teenagers that think they're adult children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, ultimately the goal is not never have another fight, but how can we be respectful and honor and build strong relationships through the valleys and the trials? Right. And I I mean, for us, just to kind of piggyback on that, like we talk to a lot of couples and a lot of them will say, well, we don't fight. You know, we, we, we just, we don't have any fights. And we often argue that you're, <laughs> you must be really good at biting your tongue because we're just completely <laughs> transparent on this podcast. And we'll say, I think you're just really good at biting your tongue because I think fighting, especially like what y'all are talking about when it comes from the right place a lot of times it's needed to work through some kind of conflict that you're having. So like, what would you say to people who are like, you know, I just, I just don't, I just don't fight. But then they're like playing that peacemaker, playing that person that just is, is biting their tongue a lot of the time. (laughs) You you may, you may not be fighting, but are you growing would be my question to that. So if we keep playing neutral, then is anyone improving? 
and iron sharpens iron. So anytime someone's like, hey, let's go, or hey, let's do this thing, or hey, let's improve here, rise up to the occasion. We just finished um, a book series on Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, where she talks about vulnerability. And she said, one of the most dangerous things is disengagement. So I fall into the relationship of we never fight. Um, But what that tends to result in is that disengagement, that instead of uh, arguing or bringing up this hard topic, I'll just bite my tongue. But then you start putting up like this barrier and separation emotionally um, to not let their actions have any effect on you. So that disengagement is almost more dangerous than, you know, having regular disagreements. Disengagement can also look like five years later, how did we get here? How did we get to the point where we're just roommates? How do we get, we want to avoid that. Anyone can get married, but not everyone can stay married. The ones who stay married are the ones who are continually trying to improve and grow together. And I can just speak to sometimes again, being for your Enneagram listeners, being the nine and peacemaker, I don't engage in those arguments because I don't want my feelings hurt or I don't want my husband to feel defensive. And the only thing he takes away from the conversation is what I'm bringing up and that he must just be like the worst husband in the world. And so again, that disengagement um, is not good. So having these fair fighting rules, even if you're not arguing often, might actually open up the relationship to having more conversations and um, it being more of a thriving, growing marriage, like Brooke said. I mean, I wish I would have talked to you guys eight years ago when we struggled through that disengagement thing, because I think we could have avoided a lot of the pain in our own marriage had we not done the whole disengagement. We'll just ignore all the problems and hope they go away strategy. If we could have talked to ourselves eight years ago, too, we would have done the same thing. (laughs) This has taken decades of putting together the clues, and now we've come up with this tool belt that we want to gift to people. Yeah. As we try to do, like just with our podcast platform is we did not have this figured out, you know, way back when, but man, if we could go back in time and only tell our younger selves what we know on this side of 30, (laughs) I'm sure when we're 40, we'll be like, dang, if I only knew this, you know, and so on. But uh, that's what we try to do. Um, But this is our newest uh, fair fighting formula that we just hope can help others and their relationships. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the benefits you guys had talked about of the fair fighting rule is obviously that you tend to disengage less because you are not as afraid. Probably you're still afraid a little bit, but you're not as afraid of that conflict. You know how you'll handle it when it comes up. Are there any other benefits of fighting fair rules and bettering your communication so that you're ready when this does happen? I like how you said that when it does happen, because it will happen. So again, like you were saying earlier, Farron, once you have these, like the foundation of the ground rules, like we are on the same team, we're going to come up with rules before, we're going to call each other out during, and we're going to troubleshoot after. Once you have, even if you just have that foundation to go with, that's going to propel you forward no matter what. But yeah, I think that sometimes in an argument, there's a lot of collateral damage. And so you end the fight and you forgive, but there's some things that you can't unhear. 
and um, apologies are made. But I think that one of the really good benefits from having fair fighting rules is that the uh, long-lasting impact of these arguments aren't creating these huge wounds. I mean, you know, the whole sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you is, you know, I don't know. I don't believe it, but it could be because I'm so sensitive. But I do think that's another big benefit of it is not only are you having more productive outcomes, but you're not hitting each other in the weak spots and you're just not doing as as much emotional damage um, that isn't really necessary to get to where y'all need to be. Right. I like how you said collateral damage, not only with the relationship, but with the other people too. Like if you have kids in your house and yelling is a thing, then that's going to be a learned behavior that your kids are going to do. So you can decide, do we want to be yellers or do we want to be talkers? That's definitely like another big takeaway is you're modeling in the workplace with the people that you work with, like how to handle disagreements in the workplace. You're modeling to your kids how arguments should be taken and the respect that's being maintained in those moments. Um, Even when my girls are bickering with each other, you know, I'll try to step in and like mediate of like how to express what you're feeling and how to respond appropriately and not going after someone personally or taking it personal and teaching empathy. So I think that's another benefit is how it impacts those that like Brooks that are in that environment and possibly witnessing it. Pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. So like for a lot of, a lot of the people listening now, you know, we've heard about kind of the fair fighting formula. We've heard about your rules and how they, they apply to each of your individual relationships. Like some of them can carry over, some of them can't. So if we have people now listening that want to create and customize their own rules for fighting, where would they start and, and how would they begin that process? So again, Farron mentioned that we are Enneagram people. This is what has worked for us. So knowing that I'm an Enneagram one, I typically, I can be resentful. So one of my issues with it was I would bring up old fights. Like, oh, remember that time? Like if I already forgave my husband and I'm bringing it up again, did I really forgive him? So one of the rules that we made for me personally as our customizable rules is no bringing up past fights. So that was very specific to me and what I typically do when I get angry or I lash out, mine would be do not bring up past fights. To reiterate what Brooke is saying is you you have to really know yourself and know who you're with. Um, And once you feel like you got a good grasp on what you need is then you can start setting those customizable rules. It would be very difficult for Brooke and I to tell you, these are the exact five that like each person it'll work for everybody. Um, So again, we love the Enneagram, but do you really know yourself and what you're sensitive to? And do you really know what your partner um, needs and is sensitive to? And like we've touched on, that's going to look different depending on who you're working with. But I'd say if they're going to start um, again, plan before, during and after, but then as you set your customizable rules, you're going to really want to look at your personality types in your relationship and then make specific ones not all for Brooke, not all for me, but, you know, start with one for each of y'all. Cause if you try to implement too many things at one time, it's probably not going to work. So starting with your, if you could pick one thing that's important to you and your spouse, 
your employee, your 16 year old, <laughs> one thing that's important to them that is a rule for an argument and then build from there. And something that you know that's going to not carry over well. Like it, since my rule is don't be resentful, that means not only with Morgan, my husband with past fights, but it also means in the workplace, if I was wronged somehow, I, it's not healthy for me to bring that up again and again. So that's going to carry over for my personality through different relationships. Another example, my husband's an eight. So that's the challenger. So he just operates 10 decibels too loud than every other human. So it sounds like he's yelling, but he's really just talking. And so his personal role would be making sure his voice is lowered intentionally. And so that he has carried that throughout work relationships. Whenever a sale, someone messes up something on an, on an end, him having to talk to that person, it's trained him to be calm and use an even tone instead of getting excited or getting too loud. When you reflect, you really see how productive you following a rule contributes to those disagreements. And so like Brooke said, it carries over into other relationships. And again, that's not going to happen after the first fight. It might, but it's going to take um, practice just like anything else. Right. So those are just two examples from me and my spouse on how that is what we have established in our house. But also those are just, it's just good business to do that outside of the house. So again, like what Farron was saying, you have to get to your, your heart issue. What is your sin issue in your heart and how can you tweak that and then control it and then leverage it for good. Yeah, I love that. I especially love that you guys are talking about kind of like your almost interpersonal, your inside rules for yourself. And then also with the other person, there would be something that carried on through to that. That's really cool because at first I didn't realize that there would be that kind of, well, this is my own rule that I need to take everywhere. And also that Brandon and I could have our own set of rules that apply to both of us when we're speaking together. So that's really cool. Thanks for clarifying that. Yes, ma'am. And then we just wanted to wrap this up by asking how people can learn more about you, how they can figure out more about Fighting Fair or any other of the amazing things you guys offer. You guys do great work. Uh, we're so thankful that you got to come on today. So where can people find you and get more of this goodness? Thanks for asking. That's awesome. So we are Witty and Gritty. So the Witty and Gritty podcast, you can find us wherever you get podcasts. Wittyandgritty.blog is our website. And then our social handles are Witty and Gritty. So Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We do have something in the works right now. It's going to be our fair fighting formula. And we're going to roll that out hopefully in July. And so that's, that's going to give you the exact formula, how to work through it, how to find your own personal rules and go from there. Very cool, y'all. Well, make sure to share that with us when that comes out. And um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. It was great. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 